Mario, tis the season for some draft education. And this is, I, I love this time of year, right? <laughs> I, I love this time of year. But there's a lot that goes into the NFL draft that has nothing to do with the NFL draft. And I think that's part of what we're going to talk about now, right? There's a lot that goes on. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. But free agency is actually a critical part of the NFL draft. Hashtag Sports is proud to partner with Mr. Rogers Homes. Sean Rogers is a proud Western New Yorker and is now your Arizona relocation specialist. You can see his reviews as a top 1% agent on Zillow, Homes, and Trulia.com. Go ahead and download his free Arizona relocation guide found in the description of this video. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and, as Sean would say, God bless America and go Bills. And I think it's really important to talk about because it's something that like we get giddy over like in the weeks coming up to free agency. And then we have moments like this where we go, uh, like <laughs> I was so excited for this last week. And then you signed Von Miller and you signed OG Howard. Then you, you know, you signed some of these, these marquee names and then you go, Oh yeah, but that's right. And you're like, Oh, so yeah, I think it's, it's a really cool thing to talk about because it's something that you'll hear a lot of buzzwords around. Um, so let's get into it. Right. The bills brought in a bunch of free agents. And when you talk about guys that they lost, uh, we've really seen the Bills kind of been able to sidestep and avoid for the last, you know, really since Brandon Bean came in, they've been able to avoid the we have to cut this player because of financial reasons thing, right? Mm-hmm. They've restructured a lot, and we saw Buffalo do that right before free agency. They restructured Hyde, they restructured Milano, you know, they were restructuring guys to create cap space because yeah. they needed it. But there's a whole point to letting guys go and not resigning them. There's a whole point to restructuring, and then there's the consequence of cutting guys. I think we're going to get into almost all of that now. So which one did you want to dive into first? Like if we had to Ooh. categorize those three, because they, they all lead into each other. So where, where do you want to start? There's a lot to unpack there. Well, yeah. first of all, Paul and I have been banging the drum for months now. And if you guys have been um, if you guys have been following Hashtag Sports, become part of Hashtag Nation. Why don't you just hit that like bell and that uh, subscribe bell down below? Um the thing about it is this. Paul and I were thinking, okay, with Josh Allen's contract and now Von Miller's contract, mm-hmm. the cheapest way to acquire talent is through the NFL draft. And the way that you do that, um, if you lose players that get signed, um, you end up they, they factor into a what is called a comp formula. So you're able to get compensatory picks for those players that you lose. However, if you add the same number of players that get that that have expiring deals. I think that's a very important point that you like to bring up all the time, Paul. And it's, yep. that's one of the things that we're going to explain today. If you if you add a player that had an expiring deal, it counts against the, the player that you lose, depending mm-hmm. on the amount of the deal and how many players that you get. So as far as just going off the surface, the Buffalo Bills, in the players that they lost that had expiring deals were Mitch Trubisky, Harrison Phillips, and Levi Wallace. Mm-hmm. A lot of people falsely think that Beasley, Mongo, um, Star, you know, those players were released. They did not have an expiring deal, so they mm-hmm. don't count for the comp formula. Right, so they're we, not we, players we, lost. Yeah, yes. in, the, in the comp in the compensatory formula, they're not players lost. Yeah, so right. we were hoping that the Bills would have players that had expiring deals, which the Bills do. I mean, they're, as far as the business sense goes, they allow their players to go test the market. They allowed Levi Wallace to do it. Isaiah McKenzie didn't even want to. 
Right. But you talk about all these players that, you know, they let them test the market because if they sign really big deals other places that had and they had expiring deals, the Buffalo Bills would get a compensatory pick for those players if they didn't sign or match, which seems right. like I didn't think the Bills were going to sign as many players as they did this offseason. Mm-hmm. But like you said, with all the restructures currently on the, on the team, because who wouldn't want to stay on the Bills at this point? I mean, it's right. different than when the Bills were missing the playoffs for 17, 17 straight years. Nobody wanted to restructure. Everybody wanted to right. go to greener pastures. So right. now players want to stay here. So now the other players that got added, you talk about Daquan Jones, Von Miller, Tim Settle, O.J. Howard. Now, it's it, it offset it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we're a little upset in that respect, the fact that the Bills – aren't going to get any compensatory picks. Now, remember, it goes on the following year. It doesn't go on 2022. It goes on 2023. Right. Correct. Correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's absolutely so, correct. That being said, there's there's a lot of verbiage that's going around with a lot of the things. So the first point that we wanted to bring up was talking about if a player is cut, he won't count. Like Mongo could have been cut and signed a $100 million deal with the Giants. It wouldn't have counted for the compensatory formula for the right. Bills. Right, yeah, the Bills the bills aren't going to get a pick for that. And mind you, the compensatory no. formula, the way that works uh, from a round perspective is players get certain value based on uh, how high the compensation that they got on the free agent market was. Yes. So, like, as an example, Christian Kirk signed an absurd deal with the Jaguars, right? So he is eligible for what would be a third-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals. So that's Mm -hmm. how that works, right? Depending on the level of contract, how expensive it was, uh, that's equal to it. There's a chart and then that's equal to a round air pick anywhere from rounds three all the way through round seven. And these are after teams uh, have already made their selections in that round. So when you talk about the Bills having a fifth or a sixth round pick, don't forget, there's like an additional like 15, 20 picks that are added in between rounds three and four before you get to rounds five, you know, like it's, it, it dilutes the pool a little bit of these later round players. So while when you hear Buffalo say, well, the bills have a, you know, a sixth round pick and, you know, we're really excited about, you know, we'll, we'll go after a corner in the sixth. There's a lot of players that are added through the compensatory <laughs> formula in the NFL draft every year, you know, because those, those picks have to go somewhere and they go at the end of the round. Like the, the irony of it, that made me laugh when I was looking at some of the players and some of the things. I know this is you know Bill centric, but we're talking about you. You start to talk about um, the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the Buffalo Bills just signed Von Miller. Yep, huge deal. His equated out to a fifth round pick. Ah, uh, so you know yeah, what his canceled? You know what canceled pick. his pick out? Yeah, freaking Allen Robinson. Them signing Allen Robinson. Yeah. So therefore. Those two cancel out, and they lost a bunch of players. They get two mm-hmm. fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. Mm-hmm. The, the Rams get picks. Like yeah. if, if there was ever a team that didn't want draft picks, I know it's the, it's Los the Rams. Angeles Rams. The Rams, right? They're like, <laughs> look, look at my fourth round selections. <laughs> look at them. You know They're what? Gold. You know what they say though. You could package like four fourth round picks and move up, move up to the third. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And because but, those compensatory picks come at the end of those rounds, yeah. it pushes all those other original round picks down even further. Right. Yeah. So you're and, talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, currently seven third round picks mm-hmm. that are currently added into the formula that will be at the end of the third round before the first pick of the fourth round even starts. So right. it pushes all those picks down. So a lot and, of these teams that want to jump rounds, 
they're jumping even further. So the right. so the 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 uh, the value for those picks are even more. And not that this plays into the strategy at all, but like if you're signing a player who's on an expiring deal to a big contract, you are helping the team that he came from, right? Because you are they're likely going to get a compensatory pick just as long as they don't go absolutely bananas in the offseason and start signing guys like crazy. You know, so anytime you sign uh, an expiring contract available, unrestricted free agent, um, it it is likely you're probably going to help that team with a compensatory pick the following season. So not that it figures in, but it it is something that happens. But that's why I love the Roger Saffold deal. It's like this is a great deal because he's an unrestricted free agent. It's not going to offset the comps. I was like, this is great. This is exactly what you want. Go get those guys who were just cut because you could sign a bunch of them. And you could still get compensatory picks, right? It's the same reason why if you take those guys, and you just sign to a bunch of one-year deals and then they leave, you're going to get compensatory picks on the backside for them. So those exactly. guys who are released, if you can get them on a one-year deal or on a two-year deal, do it because if they play their time out here and then they hit the free agent market and they've reestablished value, which is why they signed a one to two-year deal with you anyway, you're going to get compensatory picks for him, or at least be eligible for compensatory picks. So yeah. it's all part of the theater of NF of the NFL, right? <laughs> because not only that, but you look at, you know, how this plays out in, into the NFL draft, right? Buffalo's had a tendency to want to, you know, protect themselves against the draft with free agency. Do you think yes. they've done that so far this year, Mark? I think that they hit some very premier uh, positions that they needed to hit. Yeah. And the following year, probably in 2024, you signed Shaq to a one-year deal. You signed uh, you know, Phillips to a one-year deal. Phillips, who factored into the compensatory formula the first time around for the Buffalo Bills Shaq when he went too. to Arizona for a huge – yeah, and Shaq did Shaq as well. Too. And that, that's the beauty, I think, of the Buffalo Bills. I know a lot of teams do this, but the Bills are like, listen, you come here, you prove your worth, you can go out and sign these big deals. Now, that's already been proven in Buffalo. Now, there's already – now the process is – you know, you're starting to see some of these players that leave. They want to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, you want to come back? That's fine. But you know, we're I don't know if we're going to extend you know a huge deal. Now, that's that's the comp pick. The comp pick formula is there's a bunch of other things that go into it, but the basics of it right there. If you wanted to have discussions with anybody, those are the basics that you're going to have. The Buffalo Bills now, Paul, with the additions that they have, they protected themselves against the draft. I think mm-hmm. everywhere but the cornerback position. Yeah. yeah. So here's my question to you. They tendered Ryan Bates at an original round tender, which you guys know there's three tenders you can give out. You give first round, second round, or original round. If the player was undrafted, the original round tender defaults to a fifth round pick. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the Buffalo Bills, if he were to go, I mean, he's visited a bunch of places. He's visited Chicago. He's visited the Patriots. He's visited the Vikings. If he goes, and the Bills decide not to match it, they get a fifth-round pick back from that mm-hmm. team. Yep. Um, that being said, do you think that the Buffalo Bills now are hoping that he gets signed somewhere else? Oh, God, no. Oh, Mario. Oh, God, no. no I'm no, just no, no, saying, no. I'm just saying, I would hey. I would I would much rather him be a Buffalo Bill at oh, this yeah. point. But oh yeah. Do you think that with your reaction, I was I was surprised they did not tender him at a second or a first. Same. Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. I just kind of expected them to put a first or second round tender on it just to protect the position because yeah. uh one, uh, the New England Patriots up until just a couple days ago only had three offensive linemen on their roster. <laughs> so, you know, that's 
I mean, they're what are they going to do? Would they rather spend a fifth round pick on Ryan Bates or a fifth round pick on a guard from Fordham who I saw got absolutely mowed over in senior bowl practice? <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to do? Well, I think the, the you know what though, honestly though, Paul, honestly, <laughs> the Patriots might be a little gun shy to give the Buffalo Bills a fifth round pick because oh, the last one Gillisley? they gave. Oh, get out of here! Because they turned it into Milano. Yeah, the Gillisley pick turned into Milano. Yeah, we traded we <laughs> traded Mike Gillisley for Matt Milano. Basically. I'm sure they would like to have Matt Milano on their team right about now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you know, and just, just so I can get this on record, yeah, this is one of the worst guard drafts I've ever seen. Putrid. It is. It Putrid. Is, they are dog water. It is bad. <laughs> it is a bad guard draft. Last year, was it like a decent tackle draft? And yeah. because it was a decent tackle draft, like – there were, you know, some of those tackles were really going to be guards in the NFL. Like there was some leakage there. Mm-mm. Bad year. You don't, you want to. Yeah. Buffalo did a good job drafting two tackles last year. Right? I kind of want to put smart. this They were ahead there. of the curve there. Yes. I kind of want to put this out there for everybody because this is what's going to be the natural progression of things. Be like, well, because the guard play was so bad, the defensive tackle play looks awful. It looks awesome. Yeah, sure does. So yeah, you sit sure there does. and you go, why are the Buffalo Bills <laughs> signing so many defensive tackles if these guys were dominant in college? Be like, it's because it's not one or the other. It's because the guard play is putrid. Yeah. That's why these defensive tackles look awesome out of the yeah. senior bowl. And You're exactly the- right. You're yeah. exactly right. And that's why, like, you, and it's weird that you bring that up because you're 100% accurate. So the <laughs> DTs are going to be way overvalued, right? Yes. So if you're looking to yes. replace DTs in the draft, they're going to be, they're going to be up a couple picks more. So if Buffalo is really looking at drafting a defensive tackle, you're probably, you're probably looking at the fourth DT off the board, fifth DT off the board by the time it gets to 25. And I, I don't think Buffalo is yeah. really interested in that, um, which is fine, right? But with that being said, you see offsetting years where like the the defensive ends, right? There'll be a bunch of defensive ends drafted in the top 20, like a bunch, right? And no <laughs> tackles. And then the following year, like all those defensive ends left college and there's like a little bit of a lull and that's when the tackles are all suddenly first round picks again. It's so it's so funny because there's absolutely a trend behind it. It's it's a thing. It is a thing. And is uh, a this thing. is this year is 100% a defensive tackle draft. 100%. It's so funny. Yeah. And, and so the Bills don't need to worry about doing that. So that just pushes other talent down to them, which is perfect, which is what probably right. one of the things they wanted to do. Right. Um, all right. So we talked about the compensatory formula. We talked about, uh, you know, the tender, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, do we just, we want to cap this off really quick talking about the, the tags because Devonte Adams, I think it was an interesting thing. We talk about exclusive versus non-exclusive tag. Now there's multiple yeah. tags y'all, you know, when it comes to it, if you're, if you're in the know, if you read y'all. up on some of the stuff, you dropped a y'all. I did. Bro, you're you're Buffalo. Y'all. I, I it's you know I was what down south doing? for a little while, but the point is this: you call talk about exclusive versus a non-exclusive tag. Now, a exclusive tag, the player cannot talk with any any other team. It's a tag. You play on that tag or you don't play on that tag. Devontae Adams, the the the, the, pay, the Packers really quick had to know they weren't going to sign him because mm-hmm. they gave all that money to Rodgers, so they put a non-exclusive tag on him which means you could talk to other teams. However, the compensation back, I thought, Paul, was two firsts. However, the Packers got back a first and a second for Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they, in the CBA, reworked the wording on a non-exclusive tag, if there was a sublet to it. Like, 
if the team has an option to take a first and a second in the same draft or a first in multiple drafts, I don't know how that wording works, but usually that's what happens. If you tag a player and he signs with another team, more than likely it was a non-exclusive tag Mm -hmm. and you're allowed the compensation for that player is two firsts. Now, right. It seems like (laughs) the only team that would be likely to do that would be the Rams, but they don't have any firsts until like, I don't know, 2030. Yeah. But the point being is this. Right. Uh, those are the other things that, you know, we we just kind of wanted to break down real quick in this episode talking about, you know, players that get added, players that, that leave. Remember, if a player is released, they don't count towards the compensatory formula. They don't. Right. So Beasley, Feliciano, Star, they're – they could sign the biggest deals in NFL history. The Bills will get zero compensation for those. Well, players. and Mar, you brought up something really fascinating. We talked about this in the Von Miller episode regarding the franchise tag. So here's the way the, the Devontae Adams thing played out. And I think this is really important when you start talking about the future of somebody like Tremaine Edmonds, right? So we're just going to yes. we're gonna nutshell this just real quick, right? So uh, the reason that Devontae Adams got traded was because if a team places a franchise tag on a player, they're still retaining their rights without actually paying them. Right. So they still retain Devontae Adams rights as a player, but he doesn't have a contract. He told the Packers, I'm not playing. I'm not playing on the franchise tag because players don't like the franchise tag. It stops them from going to free agency. They don't like it. They don't want it. Um, And they can be tagged multiple times in a row. Don't get me wrong. It's a guaranteed paycheck but it's also a one-year deal, right? Kirk Cousins had that happen a couple of times in Washington. Yeah, yeah sure did. That. And look at what if Odell had been franchise tagged? He, you know, blows out his ACL in the Super Bowl, and now, you know, he's sitting there with no contract and and no exactly. contracts, right? Mm-hmm. He was just on a major deal, and now he's now he's going to get, you know, an injury, uh, an injury-based deal when he could have signed a three-, four-, five-year deal that would have given him financial protection. So players do not like the franchise tag. But – um, the reason that Devontae Adam things played played out the way that it did was because it wasn't your official like and and people say in the NBA a sign and trade. That's not what that was. Yeah. What the Packers were able to do was because they franchise tagged him, they owned his rights. He didn't have to sign anything, right? Yeah. Then the Packers can then trade those rights to another player or another team. Yeah. Right. That's and that's what happened. It, it wasn't oh, okay, a dollar okay. amount issue. It was the fact that he didn't want to play on the franchise tag. They said, well, we can't give you a contract extension, so we're going to move you. That's why exclusive, non-exclusive in that, in that oh, uh, non-exclusive. Sneaky. Right, exactly. So on that exclusive versus non-exclusive in the non-exclusive, the player seeks out the trade. The player oh, seeks okay, the trade. Okay. All right. it, that's not what happened here, right? That's oh, okay. why the All compensation right. bad, isn't two firsts because the Packers made the deal on an exclusive tag for his rights, not the contract. And then, you know, if it was the that is pretty sneaky, it is. It is sneaky. But if you look at what could happen in Buffalo, I mean, if you're not sure about Tremaine Edmonds, you're going to tag him. Like if you walk away from this year because he's on the fifth year option. Yeah. If Tremaine Edmonds isn't signed to a contract extension soon, and I mean, like in the next couple weeks soon, you would that's when you would expect to see it. Uh, if he's not signed to a contract extension soon. Now we now we're playing franchise tag and franchise tag chicken. Right. Yeah. You're like. Is is Tremaine Edmonds an elite level linebacker? Because he's going to have to prove it. And if he does, you're without a contract extension for him. So now you have to franchise tag him. And if you can't afford that, you can tag him and then hope he doesn't sign it right away. Because that's what happens usually. You get yeah. that franchise tag, and the player's just like, "Yep, eighteen million dollars." Thank you. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's the risk when you franchise tag a player. They could sign it at any time. You can't tender the player and then say, "Oh, by the way, just give us like." four to five business days just 
got to transfer the money. It's in Venmo. We just got transfer the money. It's in international waters. You oh, know. you got 18 mil in Venmo? What are you talking you're, you're holding out on me. No, but that's fascinating, though, from the standpoint yeah. of the, that's a, if if they, if, you know, you, you, you got a player that's going to hit free agency. You don't want them to hit free agency. You tag them. You 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 keep the the, the sign the papers from him. Yeah, because you control his rights and you can move sure. him wherever you want. Mm-hmm. That's sure fascinating. Can. It's wild, isn't it? But oh hey, gosh. maybe something that's going to be important now that you got that big Mon Miller contract. If you didn't see that episode, we had cut that episode just a couple days ago. So go back over to the channel and check that out. Yeah, go check it out. Hit that like button, that subscribe button. Yeah, Goofball. oh hey, thanks to Sean for Mister Rogers Holmes. Uh, yes, sponsoring every episode during the off season. He does. He does a phenomenal job. Woo! You'll get that joke when you see the Von Miller episode. I'm done with you. Next episode, please, in a couple days.